Hello. <laughs> You're listening to Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. My name is Katie Wiggins. And I'm Morgan Driscoll. And this is a podcast where we tell each other true scary stories. Ah! And this week, I have a terrifying one, which I'm really, really excited about. And, oh, God, I don't really have time for side talk. <sighs> but, I, but I really need you to be watching The Bachelor. No, Katie, I can't. You have to. It's like RuPaul, if RuPaul was the most mediocre white man you've ever met. (laughs) And all of the contestants were the most mediocre white women you've ever met. But some of them turn out to be crazy. It's so fun. What channel is it on? Oh, uh, ABC, NBC, something like that. We got a, we, Ian got a... Uh, antenna so well it's not it actually is just like a plastic rectangle but it functions as an (laughs) antenna and uh and so now we have like cable and uh we've been watching it they totally postured this one girl at the very beginning like when the first time she got out of the limo they like played music she seemed really friendly she like gave to the homeless she had like this story and everybody was like okay done and done we've got her (laughs) she's in and she had been killing it in the first couple episodes but then in this episode, she like wasn't getting as much attention. And oh my God, the crazy came out. Bitch is so crazy. She started basically in like the death throes, like desperate. Literally, they were doing the rose ceremony. And right before he said the first rose, she said, can I talk to you for a second? Oh and my literally God. pulled him aside. And all the other bitches were like, what the that fuck? That is so extra. <laughs> it is insane and she keeps talking about all the other girls and being like i just think their behavior is really desperate and and i'm like girl you are projecting so hard (laughs) oh Oh as like a sociological specimen Mm -hmm. it's necessary viewing i'll I'll watch i'll give it i'll give it a season i'll try that i'll try the season please 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 i have to talk to someone about this (laughs) It's unbelievable, Morgan. I don't know how I've not seen this. It's been going on for a long time, right? A long time. And I've never really had normal cable nor an interest in seeing it. But now it was like we just had the TV on because it was like, oh, this is so fun. And then every other advertisement was about January, the name of the guy. And he's a race car driver. And he looks like the dumbest piece of shit you've ever met in your life. He's so fucking stupid. But he's so ready for a child and for marriage. And see, Logo did... A bachelor-ish show where it was all gay guys and they were going after one guy but i like it because there's the added factor of the contestants could end up liking each other and just say screw (gasps) you to the main guy i love that i didn't watch it but i love the possibilities that is a fantastic option when you Mm -hmm. have gay bachelor Mm -hmm. unfortunately this is straight bachelor and man these women are gunning and it is (laughs) terrifying it is women are too much it's almost as scary as this episode is going to be uh it might even be more scary because holy shit these women are intimidating and they all wear they look exactly the same and they do the exact same kind of like youtuber makeup like very intense very they all have long hair except for this one girl who has a pixie cut and then he's like you're the most interesting woman i've ever met (laughs) And it's like, your hair is not long. I've never seen you a woman are like you. amazing. <laughs> and 
I think if I married you, I become an activist. He's (laughs) such an idiot. And she was like, I think you like being needed. And you're scared of me because you know that I don't need you. And he's like, wow. Wow. And I was like, oh, Oh my God. (laughs) This bitch is like barely intelligent. And he's like. Wow. You're deeper than wow. any woman I've ever dated. <laughs> Newsflash, she ends up being 22. So much drama because he's 36, ready to get married. <gasps> and he's like, are you ready to get married? She's like, yes, I'm ready to get married. He's like, I don't believe you. Oh, <laughs> drama. Oh, my uh, God. It's the... I live for drama. This is, uh, So do I. Speaking and of, so this is- yesterday, January 25th, was Gay Christmas. All Stars Drag Race Season 3 aired. And it was a doozy. That's fantastic. It was good. It was good. Did you know that there is, uh, I was looking up Xena this morning in bed, and uh, she has on her, Xena the character on the Wikipedia has like a little sub bar that just says lesbian icon. Huh. And uh, Lucy Lawless has been, who played Xena, has been honored uh, in several ways by the LGBTQ community because (laughs) Xena's totally gay for her on-screen companion. It's so funny. But we looked at pictures of them, like Xena and Gabrielle, and like every single picture of them together. It's like, oh my God, these women are so gay. This is incredible. I know. I I hope one day on my Wikipedia it says lesbian icon. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I can only pray for that status. (laughs) Okay, Spook we must press me. on. Spook me. Oh, I will. This this shit, this is like The Bachelor, but ghosts. Whoa. <gasps> That's any a concept. Ne- any networks biting? No? How about we get a bunch of, okay, Zach Bagans mm-hmm. is the host, and it's just a bunch of idiots with cross tattoos, mm-hmm. and they try to fall in love whilst they're, while they're also ghost hunting. Oh my god, they like set up three chairs and they're like, okay, ghost number one, what would you do in a library on a Tuesday? <laughs> oh my god, uh, speaking of Zach the Baggins, librarian, did, uh, I've got paranormal to- news. <laughs> it's what? not really What's your news. Paranormal news? Um, so the Ghost Adventures had Post Malone tag along with them. Do you know who right. Post Yeah, Post Malone, rapper, apparently Dallas kind of. He's born in New York. He represents Dallas. He went he with them. He was born in New York and he's a rapper and he chooses to represent Dallas? Yeah, I think it was New York or California. But yeah, he chooses to rep Dallas. Ugh. And um, okay. <laughs> he went with the Ghost Adventures and the ghost told Post Malone that he was stinky. <laughs> and afraid. <laughs> the new TV series. Stinky, stinky and afraid. And afraid. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Nasty. But yeah, that was my paranormal news. It's pretty hilarious, paranormal news. Mm-hmm, also, mm-hmm. that ghost knows. That guy looks stinky yeah. and afraid. I think it's really funny because the ghost is probably very old. <laughs> possibly older than deodorant. And for them you to be smell. like, you smell bad. <laughs> he stinks. They're using up their energy to tell him he smells. I love it. <laughs> I love All it. All right. The last word I'll be able to utter for another hundred years. Stinky. You smell. Post Malone. <laughs> okay. 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 Now so, you can spook me. Yes. <laughs> the story that I'm going to tell you 
is the Black Monk of Pontefract. Pontefract. Yes. Pontefract is a bizarrely named town in Yorkshire, England. Mm. You know this wouldn't be my story unless you got a little bit of ancient English history, so let's begin. Hell yeah. Pontefract is an ancient town (laughs) in Yorkshire, with history stretching to when the Romans occupied Britain. For more information on such things, feel free to check out the podcast that I absolutely love, History of Britain. Now, from 1090 to 1539, it was home to a monastery housing supposedly, specifically violent monks. Violent monks? Yeah, I don't know how they grouped them or why that happened. They're but the only happened. ones. Mm. Aren't monk, monks supposed to be very pacifist, chill, kind of just? Yeah, monks are supposed to be chill, generally. I thought so. I but don't want to generalize, but I thought that was kind of their Well, gig. no, I think that's literally <laughs> their vows. <Yeah. laughs> I think huh. you're allowed to generalize. Yeah, You can say that monks are pacifists because that's supposed to be their whole gig. Anyway, it was rumored one of the monks raped and strangled a local girl and oh. was hanged by the neck until dead on the highest hill of Pontefract. This land is where the property 30 East Drive, which is... Is that what they called a, it all well, those years ago? No, <laughs> not all those years ago, but I wish it had a cooler name than... That's just the name of the address. I love that. Uh, that's where that home was built on. Now, Jean Joe Philip, age 15, and Diane, age 12, Pritchard, moved into number 30 East Drive, Pontefract, in August 1966. Okay. Almost immediately, during a hot summer bank holiday, Philip and his grandmother first witnessed a baffling phenomena. A fine layer of chalk-like dust falling not from the ceiling, but from right above Grandmama's head as she's knitting. No, Grandma. In an effort to clean up uh, before Philip's holidaying parents returned, Mrs. Kelly, Philip's auntie, who had been fetched by her mother to observe the falling dust, went to the kitchen for some cleaning implements, whereupon she slipped on a pool of water that had mysteriously appeared. Her efforts to mop up the water were thwarted by more pools appearing on the linoleum in front of her and Philip's very eyes. This was the beginning of several years of incredible, inexplicable events. That's Green f- so annoying, and I love that. Ha <laughs> ha! Puddle here! If, puddle here! You have no idea. You have no mm. idea what this fucking thing is capable of, if you like annoying ghosts. I do. This was uh, green foam appearing from taps and toilets, even after Ooh. the water was turned off, the tea dispenser being activated, resulting in all the dry tea cascading onto the work surfaces. God damn. Lights being turned off and on, plants being thrown out of their pots, landing on the stairs, That's cupboards so rude. shaking violently, photographs being slashed with a sharp knife, and an endless list of levitating and thrown objects, including a solid oak sideboard. Oh my god. Dubbed Mr. Nobody by the local press in 1968, the family preferred to refer to the poltergeist simply as Fred, which I, I feel like, like, <laughs> I feel like an inordinate amount of male entities get called Fred 
And I just don't get why that's always the name. I don't think there is a single person whose name was Fred that died and became a ghost. I think there's a rule against it. I'm not buying it. That doesn't. I don't think anyone is named Fred. Period. Have you ever met a Fred? No. Me neither. And if we haven't, no one else has. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps. Yes. Perhaps. As a way of normalizing it, as no number of initiatives could persuade the entity to leave the family in peace, and house-proud Mother Jean, never heard the term house-proud before, but I like it, uh, refused to be terrorized out of her house by an entity. Exorcisms were met with indignation. Oh, Oh, no. Walls would seep holy water. Holy crap! Begs the question... How could you tell it was holy? Ooh, good point. Faces were slapped, people were shoved down the stairs, and Fred's hands would appear from nowhere and conduct the Christian songs aimed at shooing him off. (laughs) Whilst wearing huge women's fur gloves. (laughs) I promise you it gets a lot less silly when I go into modern phenomena, but right now I'm just recapping what happened in the 60s. Everybody calm down. They're like, I wanted to be scared, and this bitch wanted to be funny. Relax. (laughs) We'll get there. (laughs) I'll bring the fear. In fact, many of Fred's antics were both amazing and often highly amusing. Like when he calmly poured an entire jug of milk he removed from the fridge over a skeptical aunt, leaving the kids in stitches. (laughs) (laughs) What an ass. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently, there was an auntie who came in that was like, I don't believe any of this nonsense. And then he would, she oh, just was like a sitcom in the 80s. Very much, very much so. Now, ordinarily, poltergeists aren't known for causing grievous bodily harm. And although Fred caused a few bruises and scrapes and a lot of heart-stopping scares, <laughs> in particular to Diane, seemingly the focus of the haunting, it is rare for a poltergeist to become excessively violent and cause physical harm. But in the case of Fred, that indeed became the case. Oh, no. <laughs> Overuse of the word case. This is not my writing. I got this from the, the history uh, uh, from the website 30 E Street. Uh, D, D, D case, right. Late on in his residency, when both Philip and Diane were beginning to exit adolescence, (laughs) the activity reached a new climactic height, with Diane's long hair suddenly standing on its end, followed by her being dragged kicking and screaming up the stairs, an event that left her seriously traumatized and with clearly visible finger marks on her throat. Oh. A full account of these events that happened on number 30 East Drive can be found in Colin Wilson's brilliant book, Poltergeist! Exclamation point. If you're <laughs> the musical. <laughs> Poltergeist! The musical! <laughs> <laughs> ah. One anyway. Scary apparition. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Coffee just kicked in and I'm raring to go. (laughs) No, I'll never be alone in my own house. (laughs) Right. So that is what the home is known for in the past. And a lot of that shit sounds so far-fetched that it's almost hard for you to even imagine that it could have happened at all. Like, it just sounds so insane. But this story 
has never been disproven or proven a uh, hoax like the Amityville Horror House, which has been disproven. Um, This place has stood up the test of time. And (laughs) I've decided to follow a fantastic paranormal group as they go in. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, many paranormal groups have investigated the location, but it is one of my favorite ghost shows, Most Haunted, Mm -hmm. that I had the privilege of viewing and whose findings I will be sharing with you all. Allow me to set the scene. Oh, please do. (laughs) Ooh! Cracked two knuckles. (laughs) It's a small two-story home with horrible Baroque patterned reflective-ish wallpaper. It's like... um, I don't know if I can really describe Baroque wallpaper patterns if you haven't seen it. It's basically... Okay, so like a family-owned boutique in a small Texas town where everything has a bow on it and is lime green or hot pink. And if they have a pillow and it's got a white and hot pink pattern on it and it looks really like kind of fancy, but also like way too neon, that's going to be Baroque. That's not obviously original Baroque. That's just a modern context that many Southerners have encountered. I, Yeah. Okay. And the wallpaper is, like, white and beige, but then also, like, weirdly shimmery. You take that, and then you've also got an intensely patterned carpet, floral. And then the beds have horrible 70s, like, orange bedspreads. And this is now how the house looks? This is now. Oh. No one lives there. (laughs) Oh. And there's, like barely anything there's no like there's no like in in each bedroom it's just like a bed and a bureau and nothing else like there's there's like a few like religious knickknacks but no it doesn't look like anyone lives there and no one does live there like it's it's very bare so all you have left are these horrible horrible Uh. wallpaper and horrible rug and uh carpets i mean maybe the ghost is just upset about the decorating I would be fuck. Who yeah. the fuck decorated that shit? Were you blind? I'm sorry. I'm sure a blind person would not choose such obnoxiously yeah. textured wall and k- it's just bad. Google Ugh. it. Uh, na, na, na. It looks out of the 60s, 70s still today and literally every room of this house has a history of poltergeist activity. Even so the, the most bathroom? Uh, yes. That's yes, rude. we we will come to find that, yes, the bathroom does. Damn. So before they even begin real filming or investigating, a knife is found placed facing point up <gasps> in the couch. Oh, my. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So they were literally. Start. So moments before, minutes before, they were just doing like a slow sweeping pan of the room just to get B-roll. Mm-hmm. And they saw that there was nothing in the couch. And then they, like, walk back into the room. And then they're like, wait. (laughs) What? (laughs) Frank, did you put this here? (laughs) Yeah, literally. And he's like, uh. And then he picks it up. Carl does, uh, who's Yvette's husband. And it's, like, freezing to the touch. Oh. Oh. 
This is the only most haunted episode I've ever seen where... So usually there's like a lot of bumpers of Yvette being like, in this room, terrifying things happened and a gray lady will walk across the balcony. This is the only one where literally there's none of that because every single time they turn on the camera, something happens. Mm. So anytime they're trying to film just like B-roll where they're just trying to film like some of the shots that will be used to be cut into the episode, even those shots are like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Like we can't even use this as a roll <laughs> because there's fucking paranormal activity in it. So... First thing that happens, a fucking gigantic sharp knife is placed in this fucking couch. And they're like, wait, I don't like this place. (laughs) And everyone in the crew is terrified. You can just tell the, the mood is very different in this episode than any other one that I've seen. So while this footage was being shot, everyone was accounted for. But outside, they had a steady cam outside filming the outside of the house, probably just for B-roll so that they could do like a sun setting super fast forward. You know what I mean? That camera catches the an upright bedroom window. The curtains are fluttering like crazy against the window. And there's... The windows are closed. There's no reason for that to be happening. And you see this dark human-shaped figure standing behind (laughs) the window, staring out. (laughs) This happens right as they're talking about the fucking knife. (sighs) Then, this is probably one of my favorite things that happens the whole night. A cameraman is in the main bedroom. He's shooting B-roll. All he's doing is standing in the corner of the room slowly panning across the room just so that they could eventually like speed it up and do some shit to it this is normal ass guy just like slowly videotaping across and as he's reached the left and is is coming back to the right a gigantic cross that was on the like mantle or or the like windowsill just flings itself onto the bed (gasps) nope and you just see him stop Walk up to it and be like, but he didn't just walk out. I would have been, nope, oh, oh, I'm not wanted here. Well, they weren't even primed for the investigation yet. He's literally just like, the lights are on. It's a light out. Like, he did not think anything was going to (laughs) happen. And then suddenly this giant cross just comes jumping and he catches it on film and he's like, I, (laughs) wait, what? Oh my god. So that's hilarious. Because that guy was clearly not looking for anything to happen. (laughs) So they're just kind of walking around. It's daylight, kind of getting a feel for the place. And in the main bedroom, Yvette and Carl are together and they're like whispering to each other, talking, and they've got the camera on them. But they're mostly ignoring the camera. And Carl is like, you know, this is the only place that I feel really as uncomfortable in the day as I do at night. I'm sure you're going to feel more uncomfortable at night. (laughs) And then they start to hear these like slow bangs above them or knocks. And Yvette says, do you mean it's harm? And then it and then it bangs right under Carl's feet. (gasps) 
I'd say and that's then, a yes. <laughs> and then they start talking and Yvette goes, this place is evil. This house is evil. And Carl's like, I don't think we should be here. I've got a real feeling that we should get out of here now. We haven't started yet. We can just pack up and we can go. Oh my God. Was, I know. And she was like, well, we can't just leave, can we? This is what we do, isn't it? And so they... <laughs> So <laughs> she was like, oh, we can't leave. And he's like, oh, I know it's what we do. But but I just, I've got a real feeling that we shouldn't be here. So uh. Yvette, so they've got, this is from season 17. So they've got like kind of a whole new cast with them. And there's this, their new skeptic is a guy named Glenn, who's precious and I like him. And Yvette talks to him while they're in the upstairs, talks to him while they're in the upstairs bedroom. And uh, in a smaller bedroom, they had set up like a circle of ping pong balls with like an internal circle of ping pong balls, Mm -hmm. like two circles. There's a name for that. And, um... And they had just set them up in a room with a steady cam, which I'm so proud of them because usually they don't ever do that. They don't ever fucking just plonk a fucking camera and just leave it so that we could see some of this shit that happens while we get a screaming. (laughs) But they finally just left a camera in this room with all the ping pong balls on the ground. Oh, I felt like a shiver like down my entire body when I watched... And, like, three ping pong balls just, like, as if someone just went, boop. No. And just shot them in one direction. Oh, my God. And then a few other ones, they just went, boop, in another direction. And then, like, an hour later, across the ground, ping pong balls. It had totally messed up the circles that they had created. And the ping pong balls were across the ground. And it is terrifying to uh, watch. That is spooky. <laughs> it's super spooky. Oh my god. So uh, I've got goosebumps right now. I'm very cold. <laughs> there and the balls were moving in different directions. So it wasn't the wind, and they yeah. were moving strangely and intentionally. While this is happening, there's also a light shadow of a human figure in the doorway while this is taking place. Nope. Uh, this house is evil. <laughs> I don't. This house is evil. <laughs> so, Yvette and Carl are back talking to, and this happened while no one noticed, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yvette and Carl are talking, getting some knock responses, and she says, "Do you miss Diane?" Knock, knock. Carl is sitting on the little bed, and while she's talking, he hears. He jumps off the bed, says that he heard like a, like, like in his ear, as if something was trying to talk, but couldn't. Oh my God. Were you trying to talk to Carl? Can I call, what do they call him? Mr. Noba? Fred? Can I call you Fred? No. Can I? (laughs) Never. I hated that nickname. (laughs) I think that, Yes. So, what's your name? So they decide to use what they have call a tapping board, where they just, basically on a piece of paper, write out the alphabet. Mm-hmm. 
And then she will, like, with her finger, just go through and ask for a knock on the letter, and then they can spell things out. From this, they get that this person's name was Carl Antony. He was 52, died in 1633, and he was a priest. And his special message for all you viewers out there is, get out. Oh, oh, he's an angry priest. (laughs) He's an angry priest. Uh, And then, of course, Carl, because they've done hundreds of investigations, is feeling cocky and was like, if you want us out, get us out, you know, force us out. He will. He will. There'll be so many damn puddles. So they set up an EVP and a white noise machine in the smaller bedroom where they had just been. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're talking to the guy, one of their crew people who set up the EVP. And she was like, how do you feel about this place? And he was like, well, I don't usually get too scared of places. You know, I usually just try to set up and focus. But, but here, and as he's talking, they're interrupted, as they constantly are, <laughs> by a blue marble just like dropping in front of the staircase below them out of nowhere. Now they went, they had placed two marbles on the master bed and the cameraman had previously asked for the spirit to move one of them to no avail, but then (laughs) it eventually got moved. And then now they're hearing loud, consistent banging. And they're all, they're all just literally, it's so funny because they're not really talking. They're all just hanging out, standing in a circle. And Carl's just like, I've wanted to walk out more times today than I ever had before. And Yvette's like, I am petrified. I'm petrified. Everybody's fucking terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, and they're just standing. And Carl keeps talking about how this is the most violent poltergeist activity in the world. And we've only just gotten started. While they're talking about it, there's a bang on the stairs, of course. So Carl walks down and there's a mirror on the wall facing the stairs that you walk down, you see it. And in the mirror, he sees a, a person walk back through the house, and he assumes that it's one of the team members right. until he realizes that they were all accounted for upstairs, and they all followed him down. So while they're all downstairs now, speculating about what Carl has seen and checking for unlocked doors where someone might have gotten in through the back, Yvette hears someone running around upstairs. Then they all feel a weird vibration under their feet. Then the moves, the knocks move to the walls. I'm fucking telling you, this shit is insane to watch. I gotta watch And then you really do. So they're all sitting in a circle, standing in a circle, kind of nobody wants to really move forward. Right. (laughs) And Yvette is like, well, I don't want to, but I think it's time we we better turn off the lights. Ah! And uh, and she feels a, a bang right under her feet. And she goes, oh, he's agreeing with me. <laughs> and much, much more flustered and scared, Yvette says that once they turn off the lights, I'm sure everybody, everything's going to kick off. I just know. I, I know when we turn off the lights, it's going to kick off. Like it hasn't already? Right, right under her feet. Oh. Oh, it's agreeing with me. Oh. God, I feel. <laughs> ugh, ugh. 
He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> go, girl. let's go. I've been saving my energy for this for so long. Most haunted. Poltergeist. The, the musical. musical. <laughs> I love it. I've been a lonely priest with a bone to pick. <laughs> that could be our legacy. Oh. Poltergeist the musical. But then people would think it was about the movie, famous movie Poltergeist. No, no, no. They'd be pretty no, disappointed no, no. if it was about the Black Monk of Pontefract. The Black Monk of Pontefract, the musical. <laughs> Pontefract, the musical. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. So they fucking turn the motherfucking lights off. Right. Nobody's happy about right. it. <laughs> well, you know, someone's happy about it. <laughs> get those lights off carl goes upstairs alone while everyone else gets ready in the kitchen literally everybody is like oh we're gonna actually so the lights are off upstairs we're gonna keep the lights on down here in the kitchen and we're just gonna hang out and send carl up there okay so they just send carl up he says that he's more scared than he's ever been in any location he hears a knock in the smaller bedroom and walks in oh god the nerve. He hears little bangs and knocks coming from the walls and from the floor. Then it goes into split screen and you can see Yvette downstairs and Carl opening a closet upstairs and Yvette is whispering, do something to call, do something to call, do something now. And right when she says now, the door in the room that Carl is in closes ah! and Carl goes, oh, 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 oh. no. She betrayed him. <laughs> Dude, she's just trying to get them viewers. So he, so he's oh, fucking scared, God. but he walks into the master bedroom and he says, if you're here, do something. Although it sounds as if he absolutely does not want that to happen. <laughs> and the split screen again, Yvette says, do something to call now. And he hears a bang and he hustles his ass out. <laughs> Good. So that's then he looks back into the room that he just left and he sees something on the floor and he's like that wasn't there before he hears a growl he is <gasps> down fucking stairs a growl? he is not ready for that oh, shit God. he didn't know what it was on the floor he knew there was nothing on the floor he doesn't want to fucking investigate it he oh, is down stairs oh, in the, the safety light room in the safety room where there's also water bottles and snacks. Oh. You can tell that this is an unusual episode because they show you where they've like decided to make the green room. Oh like, this is the chill out area. <laughs> and we're going to show you because nobody knows what the fuck is going on. <laughs> so he goes back down and he's like, I'm not fucking doing this. So then they're like, well, fuck. Let's turn literally all the lights off. And let's oh. fucking go upstairs. They're, like, huddled around a nightlight. Practically. So they turn off every light in the building and begin dispersing through the house. Everybody feels awful. Out of breath, heart racing, woozy, completely drained of energy, tightness in the chest, which the kids in the 60s complained of when activity was about to happen then. Oh, God. And... As he's talking about this in one of the bedrooms, Carl is sitting on the bed. He just drops to the fucking ground. He is out cold. <gasps> he has passed out. <gasps> what? And, uh, yeah. 
Everyone rushes in. And he is lit- remains unconscious for like at least two minutes. Holy shit. Like they, yeah. He finally comes to. And when they try to switch the lights on, there's no power in the house. Oh. Oh, that's so mean. <laughs> I'm a lonely priest. So, of course, the filming, uh, wait, Carl finally speaks and says that this is beyond anything we faced before. Oh, my God. So, Glenn, Eamon, and Yvette listen to some EVP with the lights on. Oh, good idea. <laughs> Uh, while the rest take it easy. Of course, the filming of them listening t- is interrupted oh. when a marble drops out of nowhere. Oh! Not the other After marble. they acknowledge this, and they settle in to have the EV- an EVP session, or after they settle themselves, they decide to have an EVP session. After Glenn mentions, this is a skeptic, who was like, oh. so you were a priest then? Quite an embarrassment of a priest. Oh, don't piss him off. He's already angry. <laughs> and then a strange, like, voice, like, growl comes across on the EVP. Oh. It's super weird. And it doesn't seem to make any words because apparently he struggles with that. <laughs> um, he has trouble doesn't struggle with himself. doing anything else. Yeah. But apparently he just has trouble talking. Uh. So they all reconvene together to investigate. In one of the bedrooms. And Yvette starts feeling really woozy. And then they start hearing water. And they go to the bathroom and realize the faucet has been turned on. Uh, And they they realized when they went up into the bedroom that the thing that had fallen on the ground was a doll. Oh, no. Why is there a doll in the house? Come on. Why is there a giant cross in the fucking house? Actually, that makes sense. That's fair. I um, would keep a cross in the house. Uh, the dolls. <sighs> That's not cool. So, Marble appears out of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it did, did, did. Fossick. Oh, and one of the Fossick. ping pong balls that was on a table has appeared at the top of the stairs. <gasps> He's moving so much shit. <laughs> bow, bow, bow. He's got a lot going on. I'm frankly impressed. Yeah. So Carl and Stuart go upstairs as the rest of the team stayed downstairs in the living room. Uh, now, you remember Stuart. I think he has alopecia. He's very, very hairless. And um, and he's the one that talks like this. Mm-hmm. Carl. Go on, Carl. Do something. <laughs> Uh, so they're, so, uh, they're upstairs, and then the rest of the team's downstairs, and they're all shocked by a super loud sound, and they also realize something's happened above them, so they run upstairs, and Carl and Stuart have been yelling in pain, and, and so they run up, and they're like, what's going on, what's going on? They pull out both of their arms, and as the camera is on them, these huge burns are appearing- (gasps) On the same place on both of their forearms. What? It's probably about three inches long, four inches long. Uh-huh. And the skin is becoming shiny. Like what? a like burn. 
it like the wallpaper. He's like, I'm trying to tell you, I hate it here. <laughs> it's tacky. So you like shine? Do you? <laughs> oh, so, uh, so, and there, these guys are in extreme pain. It and it's getting worse as it's like showing on their arms. Um, and they show pictures of the burns, like, after, like, a few weeks, and they're gigantic, scabbed, bloody injuries. Like, these are real scars now. This is so- I I feel like I'm not alone in this house. I'm very scared right now. (laughs) Sweet. So, anyway. (laughs) So, the lights are on, and Yvette's like- I think we should do a prayer before we leave. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm very scared. I think we should do a prayer. And when Yvette, uh, when Yvette mentions, when Yvette talks to him and says, you burned Stuart and Carl on EVP, they capture, they asked for it, which, <gasps> oh, they, he they had enough energy though. to say that. They asked for it. And he also t- and so they're separated. Carl and Stuart are investigating down, uh, yeah, downstairs in the living room, and Yvette and the rest are doing an EVP session upstairs. And they also capture an EVP that says, "Close the door." And then because they're oh. fucking strange people, they're like, "Well, we better close the door." <laughs> So they close the motherfucking door. They don't want to be rude. They're guests and in then, his home. And yeah, and then they're like, "Wait, what if he's telling us to close the door so that he can do something to them downstairs and we won't hear it?" And it's like, "Doy, that's exactly <laughs> what he's doing. Uh, he's not closing the door to keep y'all warmer." <sighs> yeah, close so. the door. There's a draft <laughs> downstairs. Carl and Stuart are investigating together, and they hear a woman's cry. They think that it's a vet. They think that she's done her one of her signature. And so they go upstairs, and they're like, or they yell up, and they're like, "Was that you, Yvette? No, it wasn't me, Carl. She's made no sound. And then this might be my absolute favorite part because this speaks to the personality of, uh. Carl Anthony. So, a picture, so they hear a crash and a picture frame has dropped out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Stuart picks it up. It's a picture frame. Puts it, <laughs> puts it on like a, a hutch. Then there's another drop, crash. It's another picture frame. Picks it up. Puts it on the hutch. There are now two picture frames face down or like flat on this hutch thing. He's like, got to keep it in frame. Would have been cool if he had maintained that camera there. He didn't. (laughs) And he was like, they start sort of like wandering out of that room. Then there's a little crash. What was that? Run, 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 run back into the room. Wait, where'd you put the picture frames? Goes up and looks. One of them's gone. Turns away, finds it, puts it back, doesn't realize in the frame of the camera that the other picture frame oh. is now gone. Oh, what a memester. Oh my god. 
<laughs> I thought it was so funny. I like that he's I, the devil, but also pretty funny. He's just like, boop, <laughs> beep. <laughs> oh, these fucking oh guys. Like, I can just imagine him being like, these fucking guys. These fucking guys right now here. <laughs> so, so he's just fucking with him. And at this point, it's like, Groucho Marx. Like, it's it's like, it, 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 it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the Three Stooges. It's just like, oh, it's gone. Wait, where'd it go? <laughs> Here it went. Wait, now it's over there. Wait, that one was gone. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then this time, which I think is really fun, because it can sense that it's like, oh, Katie's having a little joke about this and thinking that I'm, like, relatable. I'm not. And then he <laughs> throws a picture frame and hits Carl in the face and drops it on the ground and was like, oh, okay, so he means business. <laughs> oh, no. Right. So, uh, that's nonsense. Oh, my God. Yeah, so uh, lots of picture frames going all over the place. Then... Boom! Crash! Scream! Stuart, his precious bald head, has been knocked with a set of super heavy keys. Hmm. Whose keys? Just like, what? Whose keys? I don't know. Just like, like a, like, like, they looked like iron. Like, oh super old-timey. Like, the circle was, like, as big as a coaster. Jeez. Like, the key ring. And the keys were super heavy. Like, they were, like... They looked like iron. Lock up behind you! And he... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I could play keys the keys in the musical. Thrown. Or how about at the end of the show, we throw keys... <gasps> oh! out into and just smack people in picture frames flying mm. they descend from the ceiling um i like it we have people then, in black those morph suits and they're holding picture frames and they're just circle dancing around the audience <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i'm just imagining how fucking ridiculous and cheesy that could potentially be it's gonna be beautiful <sighs> I hate musical theater. (laughs) I I've practically devoted my life to it, and God, do I hate it! (laughs) It's just so easy to be so bad. So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) so uh, he's knocked the fuck down, Mm -hmm. and everybody runs down, and. It's 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 night night time for most haunted. They're like 30, <laughs> 30 East Drive. You, you are th- the most haunted. Oh my god! This is the most haunted. This is the show. We did it. Now we can. We can't up. have the show anymore because we found it. This is it. <laughs> this is the most haunted. You're the most haunted. This is the most haunted. Oh my god! The fucking end. And then they're all just like, I want to go. I want to go. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. I think we're done. I think we've gotten enough physical injuries as we oh can God. out of uh, out of this experience. Everyone good to go. Okay, goodbye. This is the most oh evil, violent place we've ever been. Most haunted. Why yes. is he so angry? I don't even think he was angry. I think it was... 
Well, he's causing them physical harm. Is he just delicious? But I think it was just because these fucking guys. Wa- okay, I'm not trying to defend this evil. Spirit, no, no, no. Yeah. But it was because guys walked in and were just like, "Go on, get us out, then. You know, do whatever you want to us. Do whatever you want to Carl, sure. which they often do. They offer each <laughs> other up as sacrifices. And Brave. and then it just does. It's like you want me to do whatever I want. Okay. He's not rude. Burn your fucking arms off. I'm going to smack you all in the head with a bunch of picture frames. I'm going to terrify you. I'm going to throw a bunch of crosses and dolls and whatever I get my fucking hands on. I'm going to turn on the faucet. Fuck you guys. But also, LOL. (laughs) I'm in my own fucking hellish crusade and I'm loving it. Oh my God. So I'm assuming it'd be funny if he still thought he was a man of the cloth. You know, I definitely do not think that is true. That'd be funny if he was like, "I no, I'm a priest though." <laughs> but yes, I am. Um, but yeah, I have a strong bond with with Jesus Christ. And Ten Hail Marys, <laughs> and lock behind you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think this is just an evil person, but like not just evil, fun, mischievous, fun. and evil and spooky, kooky, even. Yeah. I like I him. I'm very conflicted about him. Apparently, there was this uh, thing that happened in the 60s where they had made, the family had made a bunch of like chicken sandwiches and then they all got like thrown behind the television and when they the were cleaning them sandwiches? up. sandwiches? Yeah. One of them had, <laughs> it was the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> and when they were cleaning up the sandwiches, one of them had a bite taken out of it that with something that looked like it had gigantic teeth. <gasps> oh, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no is right. I like that. But also, it shows an element of humor. Yeah. It's like, I'm hungry. I'm going to show them my soft side. <gasps> and everyone's like, oh, God, there's a praise Jesus Christ. I like the idea of him being insulting. Like, I'll take one bite and I don't want anything else to eat from this chicken Oh, sandwich. this is terrible. <laughs> I grew up in the 1600s in Yorkshire. And this is still <laughs> shit. And there's like a napkin with the chewed up food rolled up behind the TV. Because <laughs> he's not rude. He's just funny. <laughs> you call this nourishment, Gene Pritchard? You cow. <laughs> Apparently the mom in the 60s was like a super clean freak. And that's like part of the reason that oh. he was just like. See, that's what they would uh, do to me. Water. Water everywhere. Water. You can't fucking clean it up, can you? Like, <laughs> I think he just gets like profound enjoyment from like annoying people. He's like so annoying, but then also like a bastard. So he's like an older brother. He's like the Bart Simpson of ghosts. No, because Bart Simpson is not going to burn you with a hot prod. That's true. Bart Simpson is more like a typical poltergeist. Yeah. That's when true. you think of like this. In, in terms of Simpsons characters, mm-hmm. I think you're thinking of more of a sideshow Bob, Bob? Terwilliger, mm-hmm. sideshow Bob. Mm-hmm. This is more of a, I'm much smarter than you and I'm going to ruin everything about you because I'm diabolical. But also a clown. But, but also a clown. Ah, we've cracked the code. And a renowned uh, actor. Mm-hmm. Well, that was Bob Terwilliger, probably not 
Carl Anthony, the Black Monk of Pontefract, but <laughs> might have been the an stage actor. reaches the corners of the earth, even Yorkshire. <laughs> Probably not 500 years ago, though. Whatever. We don't know. We don't know. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. the Black Monk of Pontefract. Yeah. That was real spooky. <laughs> yeah, that was but really I fucking scary. I loved it. <gasps> I just... I just happened upon this fucking episode. I was just watching Most Haunted, perusing as I do. Wasn't even researching for this podcast. I was just watching it recreationally because that's why I have this motherfucking podcast. <laughs> I have that level of interest. And it just popped on and I was like, oh, this is way different than any episode of Most Haunted I've ever seen. Like, the mood is different. They can't even shoot B-roll. They can't do anything without shit happening in this house. And I just got such a distinct sense of personality Mm -hmm. and from this entity that I just couldn't, I couldn't ignore it. I had to do it. It was great. Um, I'm really spooked. Um, Cool. Uh... I know, you live alone now, so it feels sadistic for me to be doing this at all. I woke up at like four in the morning and felt like someone was in the house. So <gasps> I'm, I think it's just because I was tired and why not feel spooked? Yeah, and I mean. So I, I feel that If now. you have the opportunity, <laughs> feel upset. Uh, I'm so scared. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awful. Um, oh, God. I would have said things that would potentially exacerbate that fear, but I'm not going you to. Could. That'd be fine. Um, mm, you, well, okay. I was just going to say <laughs> that this activity appeared out of fucking nowhere, like in the 60s. Like, that's it just. Yeah, it had been a long time. It just happened. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it was fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, <gasps> I felt yeah, something see, touch me. It was my cat. It's okay. But I was yeah, very you're not alone in the house. You yeah. have a fucking cat. Yeah, she she'll do a lot of damage to a ghost. They'll probably she... pick her up and go Whoa, and like move her around to scare me. That would be terrifying. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> but I don't think that's gonna happen, Morgan. Maybe not. That would be very very unlikely. I would say. Yeah, we'll go with yeah. That's fair. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so that's the Black Monk of Pontefract. If y'all want to hear more about the 1960s events, what happened there, you can listen to the episode on last podcast on the left, the Black Monk of Pontefract, but they don't get into any modern phenomena. And that's what I was most fascinated with. Because you hear about this shit happening in the 60s and you're like, how is that even fucking possible? Like, I can't imagine that happening at all. And then you throw in a bunch of British people and a man with alopecia, and you get some great, great fucking evidence, and you're like, holy shit. Honestly, I wonder if after they did that, if every other location they went to, they're like, meh. (laughs) It's lost Eh. its appeal. Well, they're just like, this isn't even half as scary as... Yeah. Maybe it'll make them more bold for encouraging ghost activity. Maybe, but honestly, it felt like most the most haunted team was getting a little comfortable. You know, go straight into places alone and say, you know, do something, show yourself, knock. Oh, that's a knock. Oh, this, that, and that. <laughs> you know, like they were like a little comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad they got this like shaken up. 
And they did say that I think this was like the most violent, evil, terrifying place they'd ever been in like 300 something episodes. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. I am spooked to the core. <laughs> and I'm ready to write a musical. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm feeling creatively stimulated. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the that's an ideal way to to, to leave this episode. The perfect I think. ghost um, story. Yeah. So, for our listeners, if you have a scary story to rival the Black Monk of Pontefract, which I seriously doubt that you do, but that's fine if it's not even close, just uh, email it to us at letters to camp at gmail and we will read it on the show if it fits our criteria. Uh, letters to camp at gmail um, you can also message it to us on instagram our instagram is scary stories from camp row you can like us on facebook if you do not have instagram um, uh, leave us a review and uh, a five star rating would be fantastic and that's what helps us reach other people and helps other people commit to this as a good idea um, and we've oh, we got have- the merch. <laughs> so obnoxious. Uh, we do have merch. It's at redbubble.com. Type in scary stories from Camp Row. You can get, you can get a freaking awesome mug. Someone got a throw pillow, which we love. You can get a tote bag stuff. Phone really case, good looking uh, graphics. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Get your camp gear and then tag yourself in a picture and rep it and we'll post about it. Mm-hmm. Woo woo! I think Uh-oh. that is it. Rate, review, subscribe, merch, produce, email, reuse, recycle, recycle. Great. Yeah, covered it all. Sounds good. Well, campers, have a spooky night filled with restless dreams of the haunted things. Bye bye. Listening to the Phantom Podcast Network on downrightcreepy.com. Follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud for more creepy shows. <laughs>